Hi, I'm Curtis Herbert. I'm Alice Zhao. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us chat about our efforts to not die in the app store and, you know, make a living there and, I don't know, maybe find some money. I mean, not die at all would be, you know, it's a good start, you know, just, <laughs> just in general. We have modest goals for our businesses. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's nothing too crazy. Yeah. But so we uh, got a little bit of listener feedback and wanted to tackle one of them. Uh, well, feedback, specifically a question. And that was around the idea of transitioning to independent life. How do you become us? I don't recommend becoming us because we are not good role models. But if you're looking and getting into that space, uh, which I think was the heart of the question, how, how do you leave your job job behind? When do you know to make the jump? All that kind of stuff. So it's origin story time, folks. Independence origins. Soon to be a movie. <laughs> so origin story time. And I think that the three of us really haven't talked about our origins and how we became Indian when that happened. I think we're all on slightly different time frames. So maybe Alice, where, why don't you kick us off? Where, how long have you been independent? Officially, I believe we started at the end of 2011. I was working as a PHP developer for a marketing company. But the thing is, I'm ready to jump anytime. So it's really not a question of when the right time is a jump. It's always a good time for me. <laughs> but to be honest, I, was, I wasn't super happy doing what I was doing. And Yano and I had been talking about just working together on apps for a long time. And then I just had my first child and I thought, hey, this is a good time to just jump and also get the flexibility work from home. And I think that was the big thing was that I could work from home. And so I just jumped. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I'll jump at anything. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you meet Jano? Like, because he, he is from, he's in Germany, right? He's in Germany now. Um, so he yeah. grew up, he was born in Israel, uh, grew up in Houston. And his childhood best friend is my college best friend. And we've all just kept in touch yeah. in the last 10 years or so. Okay. Yeah. And so we were kicking around this idea of working together on something or at least something in the app space, you know, that was around the time that everyone was making millions of dollars. And I thought, well, I could the do that too. <laughs> and so we just said, let's just try something. We didn't know what we wanted to do yet. Yeah. And then we were kicking around really dumb ideas. I, I was probably listening to my husband too much. And he was like, you know, zombies are really cool right now. <laughs> <laughs> Quizzes are really cool. I don't know. Uh, we didn't really have a direction until my neighbor, who happens to be a language teacher, she sent me a text when she was at a language conference and said, hey, I bet you can make something better than what I'm looking at now. And then it kind of clicked because language was something I cared about. Uh, language was something that Yano cared about. Uh, we both wanted our children to learn their heritage languages as well as, you know, any uh, several languages. So mm. it kind of just made sense. And so we started working on something. He was still working full time. And then about five months into it, he said, I'm having way too much fun working on this. I'm just going to jump too. <laughs> Right. We both jumped. Nice. <laughs> that's that's quite the opposite of. So I was uh, <laughs> I was at uh, Lockheed Martin for six years. Job right out of college. Mm -hmm. Too many horror stories. Uh, you're you're yeah. That flashbacks still. 
but I, even when I was working there, I was always doing stuff on the side. Uh, at that time, it was all web development, uh, PHP developer like yourself. And I had actually been doing that throughout college, just kind of side hustling and getting contracts and stuff like that. So I was usually spending maybe 10 hours a week as I got closer to when I was actually going to go independent, doing freelance stuff all the time. You know, my own projects too, but a lot of consulting work. So at the time... We had bought our house and we're kind of looking like, well, you know, if we're going to start a family that might be in the next couple of years. So now's a good time to experiment. And you're kind of working a lot right now. It would be really cool if you could maybe not work a lot right <laughs> now. So what about if you uh, decided to go independent and made this your full time thing? It's like, oh, okay. So that was kind of what got me to make the initial leap. It was something that I was just doing a lot on the side anyway, and it seemed like I could kind of take that to be something, which turned out didn't necessarily exactly end up being what I wanted to be uh, indie-wise, but I, it was a good jumping-off point and a good start. And yeah, that mine was much more, I think planned in that way and methodical and a slow ramp up <laughs> towards getting there yeah i don't recommend um, my my method <laughs> it's just what i do it's just my personality well no mine has a flip side mine's super slow like it was a slow ramp to get to that point so much safer oh no i it, yours seems a lot more fun <laughs> i mean mine's like the mine's like the worst combination of the both of yours because i've been doing freelance stuff on the side in some way since about 2000s like Really early on, like when I was basically still doing high school, I was doing stuff, kind of just freelance stuff for the, for for kicks, and that continued all the way through like my retail, timing retail, and then you know when I joined the public service, and I was in the public service, Americans civil service, I think you guys call it. You know, I worked for an Australian uh, like federal government place. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And after the iPhone came out, I started to get into iOS development and the idea of doing that. And I released it for my first app and stuff like that and was just kind of doing it on the side and making very, very little money. No millions or anything. And then I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was also getting into iOS development and was doing... He was freelancing at the time and just kind of doing a lot of work for, for uh, design studios and stuff in, in Canberra. And we talked about it. And we decided we were going to open up a shop together and do it, do this together and you know do, the, do our own thing. And so I, we started making plans and I handed in my resignation and stuff. From So I left the public service. And then about a week after I was... I was done. He's like, oh, I got a job somewhere. I'm like, well, oh, no. crap. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that sucks. And so my heading into freelance and independence was kind of like, well, I guess I have to do this now because <laughs> I've got nothing else going for me. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I've, I more or less haven't really looked back since. I've had, I've had a couple of relapses and gone to a full-time job and it never lasts. So... Yeah, I've been basically full-time independent since about October 2010. Okay, yeah, mine, yeah, I, I didn't say when. Mine was March of 2011. First. I'm first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I still have the calendar note on uh, my calendar of when I should give notice to work. And that was that was a nice day. I'm sure it was. I, I vaguely remember mine being a nice day. It too. was, yeah. I, I, I distinctly remember the idea of walking in and being like, yeah, I'm leaving. And then being, Flip no, the table. can we give you a promotion? <laughs> and me being, no, I am leaving. 
And that felt so good. <laughs> you mean there was no Jerry Maguire moment for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he was fired, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, my, my my handing in my resignation was not dissimilar. Like, I, I kind of, they wanted to keep me on. I originally joined the public service on like a six-month contract or something, and they just kept extending it. Like, I was never full-time. Mm-hmm. I was just like on this crazy extended contract for two and a half years. And yeah, they were like, oh, sure, we can't keep you on for like another year and then you can go. I'm like, no, 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 this is not how it's working. I'm going off to do my own thing. It's going to be amazing. And then it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But at least you two started right with apps. Like, I wish that I had made that part of the jump sooner. So I, I went in 2011 and started doing contracting, mostly with web stuff. And over the next year or two, like I had been doing iOS stuff since 2008 just on the side, just like tinkering. Yeah. And I had released a really shitty app early, I don't know, 2009 or something like that. I uh, got like five downloads. It was great. <laughs> but I never really switched over to the idea of doing products like you two did with your jump that quickly. I mean, that wasn't until 2013 mm. that I started to build slopes, really. Um, it was I was just so focused on I don't want to fail as an independent, so I'm going to keep earning lots of money, and that is contracting. So I was so focused on that, I wasn't really focused on what I wanted to do per se. Yeah. Even though I was enjoying it a lot more than a job job. I mean, like I was I was freelancing for a long time, and it wasn't until I started doing gift wrapped, which wasn't until I think 2013 that I I started working on gift wrapped, and that kind of started to take off, you know, relatively slowly. It wasn't until then that I kind of started moving into like true indie and not just freelance. Mm-hmm. And even after that, like I've I've had full time gigs and stuff. Yeah. you know, working in d- design studios and stuff. Like it's, I mean, my my independent kind of transition hasn't been like okay, well, I leave my job and then I'm independent and doing products and it's all hunky dory. Like it's it's been not even a smooth transition of like okay, I'm going to do contracts and then kind of ramp up into product work like yours kind of was, Curtis. Mine was like. I'm going to leave my job to do a thing and then that failed and then I'm going to do another thing and then that failed and then I'm going to do more things and those failed too. And just mine's going from failure to failure. And like, I don't necessarily feel like there's any wrong way to go independent, even though mine's probably the wrongest of all of them. (laughs) But I like, I mean, you can, you can do it in any sort of, with any sort of approach. It's just, you got to be able to handle it. Mine. And my thing has been like, well, I hit a wall, so I kind of try and find my way around it. And that's how I've managed to not completely and utterly die. Yeah. Bill's character. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the interesting thing, too, with it is like you can transition to what you think your indie life will be like, and it might not be that another year down the road. Like if you had told no. me when I went indie that I would be managing this one product as myself and I'd be looking at a point where I could consider that almost all of my revenue this season, I hope, that I need my business to bring in. Like, I assumed I'd be running a consulting shop by now. Mm. You know, I'd get, a, I'd get a couple people, build an empire, and I'd be a product shop, like Panic or something like that. Yeah. I, I certainly didn't expect that I'd be doing this more independent style of life, I guess, for lack of better wording. So, Alice, you, you when you and Yano started working together, you went, did you jump right onto Gus? Or did you start working on some other products? So it's funny that you mentioned that you thought you were going to be, what's it called? Like an app dev team. Yeah. Oh, a product shop. Yeah. We briefly tried that route. Um, we had, I had two friends who were, who were 
very large bloggers and I had convinced one that she might need like a recipe app or something like that. And so I looked at her numbers, which like she's bringing in like millions of, of page views on her on her website. She's amazing at this. And then so I tried to approach her about creating an app together and then that didn't really go well. And then I tried another food blogger and we gave her our quote and she kind of freaked out and she said, well, I could take that money and spend it on a publisher, which she probably should have done anyway. And so that didn't work out. And then we realized, I don't think we like working for people. (laughs) And that was when the whole like text came in from my, my neighbor and I was like, oh, yeah, we should build something for ourselves that we genuinely care about and want. And so I think that was, yeah, that was the turning point. And then we immediately jumped into Gus on the go. And how long did it take to get version one out for that? Version one was six months. Okay. Which I think is relatively short. Yeah. uh, Considering that was from concept to finish and out the door. And of course, like we didn't change very much. Every time we came up with an idea, it was just in and it was done. Like we did, there wasn't a whole lot of editing in terms of um, UI or anything. Well, it's fine because 1.0 was a pretty good success for you too. Yes. So that's, yes. you clearly did something right. Yeah. <laughs> so when we were, when we first started, uh, we we were basically trying to suss out whether or not we were good at working together. That's another big thing, mm-hmm. right? Like you guys were working on your own products by yourselves, correct? Solo, or yeah. consulting. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. consulting. Yeah. And then yeah. this was something, we had to figure out whether or not we were good at working together and he's in Germany. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting complication. But we realized quickly that we're just like constantly like high-fiving across the internet. And I think just, I don't typically recommend working with friends. It's not, you know, that's not, I don't think it usually ends up well. And I, in the past, I've worked with other people on other things that aren't software related, but I've worked with other people um, before. And you find that you're on very different lo- levels of commitment different levels of work ethic and respect as well. And we just found that we were just like high on all of those three. And so we knew we wanted to work together for a long time after that, which I think is like gold. Yeah, that's really good because, yeah, if you make the transition to, hey, I'm going to go independent and then the person that you're partnering up with <laughs> is not going to work out. <laughs> if, if they if they just pull the rug out from under you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're still friends, so it's okay. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't hold it against him too much. <laughs> well, and you landed on your feet yes, too. Yeah, that, that worked out for you. But yeah, I could see that being a whole level of intimidation versus me. It was just like I need to keep finding clients to keep paying the bills yep. and finding the good clients. And I, yeah, that was plenty of horror stories in that arena too. But you know, that was generally. I think jumping to freelance is maybe a little bit easier, mm. assuming you have a built-up network. That right. was a big thing for me. I'd been doing this freelance stuff for, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, like six years, seven, eight years, you know, part-time through college and then through my time at my job job. And so I, at that point, I mean, I didn't have a huge network. I was only doing a part-time, but I had already gone through the process of working with clients, coming up with contracts, figuring out how to do proposals. Like all that stuff is stuff I had been doing for eight years plus. So making that jump, I think, is a lot easier Mm. um i got to cheat in some ways well that certainly helped with me as well like i mean i part of the reason that i landed on my feet so to speak is because i was able to kind of immerse myself in the like you know the community of people that are that surround design agencies and stuff like that 
and to his credit, the partner that w- that never was did help uh, a lot <laughs> with that um, because he'd already been doing it for a while, obviously. So he, you know, given that he felt bad, he kind of you know started giving me some introductions, and then it just kind of rolls on from there. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So that I mean that helped a lot, and that meant that I was able to pull in work when I needed it and pull in some money. And it meant that I wasn't just going to like sit at home and kind of twiddle my thumbs for you know months while I try and figure out what my next step was. So f- freelance, I think, helps a lot. The trick with like doing freelance and contract work and wanting to kind of move more towards product is that you have to make the decision of what is important. And part of the like the downfalls that I've had over over the time that I've been independent slash freelance and kind of moving between what you would consider each one to be is that money is important. Mm. So I kind of you, you tend I tend to gravitate towards that automatically without yeah like trying too much. And so it becomes a thing of like, well, I could work on my product for the next month or two, or I could take this contract and that's gonna score me an extra fifteen grand and that's gonna put me in a good spot for the next however many months. And so it's just kind of continually saying yes and then all of a sudden somehow you just all you're doing is contract work, yeah. And then that can kind of get a bit rough if you—that's not what you're wanting to do and needing to pull away from that. Yeah, big thing that helped me there was the idea of being okay with trading time for money and money for time. Yeah, and that's something that took me forever to really internalize. But I started looking at it as. You know, every year I have a conversation with my wife and we talk about what does the budget need to be this year? We know how much she's going to make from her job job. And then I have my goals and I always have a minimum I need to hit. But then we might have stretch goals. We might say, hey, we're going to Japan for two or three weeks, you know, so let's get an extra, you know, $10,000 or something so we can cover that. So being able to define that and look at it less of I need to be working nonstop and more I need to hit this bucket for the year. I think is when I was really able to kind of start to make that mental shift that mm. was necessary to switch over to product. Yeah. And that's been a slow process because Slopes, its first season, earned me like $1,200, um, $1,600. And that was after I put in a couple months of solid hard work into it. But since I had already started to take that bucket approach, I kind of gave myself permission to take the two, three months off that I needed to do because I had already earned what I needed for that year. And I've been able to slowly transition that way as slopes has grown, you know, it just fills up more and more of that bucket. So now it's like, okay, I only need two months of contracting this year, but it's a big mental shift. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to a question. Like obviously because your wife works, she was bearing part of the load for like your family unit while you were, Mm. while you were getting your, finding your feet. How much do you think that played a role in your ability to go indie? Because I know for me, it's been a huge thing. I probably couldn't have done it without the support of my wife, who basically covers our household thing while I experiment. How much has that kind of affected the two of you? I'm pretty much in the very similar boat where I actually don't have a bucket. (laughs) I never reached the bucket. We've been trying to reach the bucket for six years, <laughs> and and so I'm lucky in the in the in that respect where I do. My husband has been carrying the load for us, but I think what I get is the flexibility to be home with the kids yeah. while they're still babies and in daycare, and you know they get sick, and I there's no question I I can be there for them immediately. I don't have to take time off. There's no pressure. I'm already there. And so I think what I may have lost or didn't, didn't, when I didn't hit the bucket, I gained it in time with my children. And so I think there's a lot there, a lot of value there, but yeah, I wish I hit the bucket. 
<laughs> <laughs> well, that's and that's where like my bad habits came into play because like her having a consistent income certainly smooths out the year. Yeah. So if I have a contract when I was originally doing stuff, I would do like, you know, deposit and then milestone based payments and stuff like that. But those could be large gaps. So having that kind of smoothing out effect without having to set up like paying myself a salary or something certainly helped. But I have yet to not hit my buckets because I've kind of forced myself to like if this year slopes wasn't going to cover my bucket. So I took on consulting work. Mm. And in the beginning, I worked myself to death because I was just obsessed over I need to make it and making it equals, you know, earning lots of money through consulting. So like I just kept working all the time, which isn't bad. I mean, that's certainly what I expected to set out and do. Um, but it, it it certainly wasn't, I think, the indie approach if you if you were it it was just a full-time job again uh just with a bunch of different bosses (laughs) i mean is there any real like true indie approach i think i think they all just kind of change they're all different they are to a degree yeah Yeah. the the thing is is like you hear the you hear the romanticized kind of tales from some people who just kind of like they're working on a thing kind of on the side for so long and it suddenly took off and so they were able to make it their full-time thing i know several people who have been able to do that Hello, everybody. <laughs> but it's not necessarily the case for everybody. And I think, like, oh, I think yeah. that's one thing. Like, just because you're doing freelance stuff and contract stuff doesn't necessarily make you not independent. It just means that you're having to, you know, you're working kind of. I mean, it's like working two jobs. You're just you, yeah. you're doing a thing so that you can do the other thing, and it <laughs> makes you know for, for for you, Alice, like you were saying, like being able to being at home means that you have time for your kids. For for the two of us, Curtis, doing our freelance stuff, it, the freelance stuff kind of gives us the time to do the work that we want to be doing, you know, like it because it gives you that kind of just in, like it, it kind of puts that cushion in place and means that you can kind of uh, relax a little bit while you're actually working. You know, that doesn't you're not having the stress of I've got, you know, I need to another, make another 20 grand and it's just something I have to worry about while I'm working on, you know, version 2017.7 of slopes <laughs> yes i saw that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i you still yes it definitely helps that that pressure isn't there and i can be confident enough to be like yeah okay if i need twenty thousand dollars more this year i'll find a contract and i'll be okay mm. but it definitely still i feel a lot of the pressure still as like slopes is getting to the point of like oh is it going to make it is it going to make it? And like, I really want this year to be the year that it makes it. Yeah. And so that, yeah, you don't have the financial stress, but I think that you still internally beat yourself up and push yourself um, without the external always. factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm That's always part of being that. indie. It's also become a larger product for you. So it's not, you know, it's clearly not as small as it used to be. There's more customers to triage. <laughs> Yeah. So it just becomes bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, but that's the nice approach. Like I've been able to at least take a little bit is that, you know, I've kind of let that side of my business grow. And it wasn't I, I would dread having an instant success. Like, don't get me wrong. Money is nice. Yeah. But like that idea of all of a sudden I have millions of customers or something like that. Like I need to be able to grow into that. I can't just immediately turn on the fire hose and expect to do anything good with that well that's the thing that you hear from like kickstarters i know this is this is a weird aside but it'll make sense i promise (laughs) you hear this with kickstarters where kickstarters like like they have a goal and they're like okay well i'm gonna make this many units and we're gonna like it's gonna cost me this much money to kind of do and we'll we'll, we've, we've planned for this and then they get like this crazy amount of success on them 
like you know, mm-hmm. the, the suddenly of them that they do. have to scale, and suddenly they have to scale that, and it it changes. They're complete. not ready, yeah, and they're yeah. not ready, and so you see that happen, and suddenly their timelines blow out, and it's like everything is crazy, and they don't know what's like they don't really know what they're doing. But it's the same thing in like in being like running your own product. Like if you go from having no product to having like crazy amounts of success, it's hard to scale that to like scale your life to handle that because all of a sudden you've got like you've got support that you've got to do and bug updates and like crash reports that are coming in you've got to deal with all of that yeah that's how i kind of like i don't know if you can consistently make it happen but that's why i liked kind of my approach to going indie when it was freelancing was a long slow ramp of getting myself comfortable with contracting figuring all that stuff out and then eventually i make the jump once i feel like i can and i Mm. feel like slopes is following that same trajectory of like it started out kind of small and at this point it's growing pretty well it's getting to be mature and the revenue is growing with that um so that's like i don't know that seems to be a pattern of my life is just like playing the long game and building towards that versus trying to get that instant you know i'm gonna jump now (laughs) which is why it was weird when somebody asked in feedback like you know how do you know when it's time to go indie or something it's like for me like i we celebrated after i quit my job but i had already been indie in a way and like slopes right now like i'm terrible at celebrating anything with it because it's not like i have this big like hey here i made it it's been a slow ramp towards making it and that it feels weird in that way. It, it It's not big moments. It's just kind of a, a slow march upward. Well, I mean, for the three of us, I don't think any of us have had a like have had a thing where we've just gone indie and immediately started doing the thing that we wanted that effectively makes us indie. Like none of us did mm-hmm. that. It took time for you to even start slopes. It took uh, Alice time to even find what uh, what she was like. What, what app? Yeah. What app they were doing? And the same with me. Like when I started, I didn't have a clue what I was really doing. Like I was just I was mostly just kind of you know floundering about trying not to sink. <laughs> and like and Gifrap didn't come along for for years. So it's like I don't necessarily know that it's like it's time to go indie like some maybe it is maybe you happen to be one of the lucky ones who has something take off before you go indie and then you dive into it but for many people at the very least i feel like it's the sort of thing that you kind of you 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 make it happen you you make it happen because you that's something that you want you want it in your you want that freedom in your life or whatever and so you you take small steps you start moving towards that with your life and I mean, even the people who do find success overnight and suddenly go from being full-time working to, you know, to being independent, even those people have you know, been making full steps for a long time. It's not, it's, ne- it's never something that just happens. It's always something that you plan for and you work for and you start moving towards and then eventually somehow you manage to, suddenly you're there and you're like, how... I don't remember driving yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, and it's always scary is the thing too. Like I had been contracting forever. Like I knew what I was doing. I was pretty damn confident I would be able to get the web clients I needed. But yeah. I still remember how scary it was to leave the comfort of my day job. And I could imagine that being an even harder, harder in a different way. Because like with that, I had to be confident enough I could find contracts. Yeah. But if I had slopes ramping up as it has been over the past couple of years, and I put myself in the shoes of what if I had a job job right now? A, I don't think I could have grown slopes to be as big as it was, is currently is without being able to dedicate real time to it. But if I was in that position, I could see that being a very hard and very different question of like, when do I leave my job? And at least with slopes, I have recurring revenue 
So that like if you're doing a web SaaS where you have recurring revenue coming in, I imagine that's a little bit easier because you can just start to look at it and say, okay, I'm making 10,000 a month. I can live on that. Good. Quit. But when, before you get to that point of like that financial security, it, it's scary and it feels risky. And that's like you're saying, Jelly, like sometimes you just kind of have to make the jump. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think like one of the things that I've, I've always had uh, that's always kind of been on my mind when I'm doing when I'm doing contract work and I know that like GIFRAPT is kind of sitting there and re- and kind of needs attention. Sometimes it's a matter of realizing that like you're actually by, by not focusing on the thing that you you're doing as an independent, you're actually hurting it as opposed to helping it. And that's not always the yeah. case. Like there are plenty of apps that you can work on for, you know, uh, you know, after, after hours and whatnot, like, you know, on weekends or whatever you, however you go for it. But if at a certain point you're, feeling like you're you're at you're feeling kind of like well actually by working full time on like you know on other stuff my thing is actually kind of hurting because of it like i'm i'm missing opportunities yeah it's resource starved yeah Yeah. it's 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 you know you're missing opportunities that you should have been able to get like that starts to become a thing of okay well maybe this is maybe this is the time that i need to be able to take and that's how that's a lot of the way that i've been able to kind of go well i need to stop doing contract work and stop doing freelance work and focus on my actual thing for a little while and i maybe to a certain extent that's how you kind of choose that time of okay well now may be the time to leave my leave the company it's hard because that can be a gamble because like like with alice you took six months off to work on gus and that's yeah that's a gamble that you're paying that you're hoping pays off that this six months or however long it takes is going to lead to an app with revenue (laughs) and that's you can never know that, and yeah. that's scary. But if you hadn't done that, that six months would have taken you years worth of work to get yeah. to that point. Right. And so, actually, one of it's funny because I so I didn't have any freelance jobs. Um, this was just the only thing, and it wasn't actually until I worked on this where I kind of fi- felt like this is where I needed to be. Before this, I was doing PHP and Perl at a previous job. So when I work on Gus on the go, I'm doing everything but the development. And I actually found that I'm much more comfortable and happy doing product development, um, which is not something I ever considered before being on that side. And actually, this was like a huge game changer for me because I'm like, this is where I needed to be all this time. Like, I love tech, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I feel bad saying it, but I didn't really love just development. I really liked driving product no reason to feel bad saying yeah. that that I is like a I lot of people like, have that I role love and love development it. um <laughs> no but development is stupid banging your head against the keyboard because of xcode breaking on something <laughs> i mean i feel like curtis has some pent-up anger that he needs to I deal already with. got my anger out because i am working on i'm working on you know the dev- like the content and uh content side and so i actually feel like this is where i found my stride and so even yeah. though i didn't have the revenue coming in and not hitting that bucket. This was such an enriching experience for me, like feeling like, oh, this is what I should have been done, been doing all these years. Like that was a huge mm. thing because I always felt like I was out of place for the longest time until I did this. And so mm-hmm. I even I think that's why I held on for all these. We held on for all these years because I'm like, we need to make this work because I am so ridiculously happy right now. So. <laughs> It's a totally Fair different enough. story from you guys because I'm like I don't I don't have all this balancing work to do. I just have to make us on the go work. <laughs> so, well, that's essentially what I'm doing too. I just need to make slopes work. It's just I'm 
forcing myself to take on contracting work to fill a small bucket that slopes yeah, might you're, not you're be completely You're clearly a lot yet. more responsible than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think responsible is a word anyone would ever use to describe me. <laughs> so it, it, to wrap up, do you have any, I guess, pro tips, lessons learned, pain and suffering that you wish you could have avoided, but something to impart upon the dear listeners, some of whom have written in asking about this kind of transition? My suggestion is don't be afraid to fail. That's really how I've managed to stay where I am is by not necessarily looking at my failures as being like the end of the world. If it means that you have to take a full-time job for a little while to kind of figure out where you're going and what you're doing, or if you have to take contract work in order to kind of make it through and figure out what's going on, that's okay. Like it's not like it's not a personal failure that you weren't able to kind of make things work. It's super hard it's super super hard and sometimes failure is an option like you can you're allowed to go back and you go back to work and it and it isn't something that is is bad i'm still learning that lesson quite a lot like i have to learn that lesson myself sometimes so it's definitely hard but it's it's i think it's something that you kind of need to understand going indie it is super difficult it is not easy to do but it can be done and you're allowed to you're allowed to fail a few times before you get it right. I think for me the the biggest thing is about like if you were to work with someone is to find someone who does have the same level of work ethic and respect for you for like mutual respect. I think that's like I can't stress how much like it's just like partnership gold with Yano. <laughs> I never <laughs> I don't I didn't I did, I'm not sure I always knew he felt the same way, but I think it was this year we're like, no, we really enjoy working together. It's weird when we have our minds work the same or like we realize independently that we're coming up with similar ideas. Like that's so rare. And so I don't always me- recommend <laughs> working with friends, but if you find a really good partner, that'll carry you a long way. So I think for me, it's play the long game. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's uh, like, I kind of realized like that's been my motto going freelance at first and then with slopes and it's doing things to constantly work towards what you want and realizing that it might be a long game to get there and that's mm. okay. And that can be scary. That can really suck because you want to get there right away. You know, I, I would love, love to launch slopes 1.0 and have it make hundreds of thousands of dollars the first year and millions of users and featured by Apple. Like, yeah, that would have been great. And maybe a studio like Panic can pull that off when they release an update to transmit for the first time in seven years. But it, it's not going to happen for everyone. Like that's, uh, I think a lot of indies are more this slow game, slowly building, especially yeah. in the SaaS industry. Like that's, you got to be okay playing the long game. And doing the things you need to do to ensure you survive the long game, like take on contracts when you need to take a full-time job, like Jelly said, if you absolutely (laughs) have to, but like, just keep working towards what you want, just piece by piece, brick by brick, and just, just work that way. Um, At least that's worked really well for me. I think that also helps with the failure part where if you are in it for the long game, what might've been a major failure if you didn't weren't in it for the long game wouldn't really feel like one. Mm, yeah. So yeah. you're kind of able to just be like, it was more like a bump and I just now had yeah, to figure out how to move on. It was a lesson learned. Yeah. 
yeah. versus yeah. let's yeah, just no, get up and run yeah. and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you run into a wall, the faster that you run, the harder you hit the wall. If you're taking <laughs> it slow, and you know you, you you might hit still hit walls along the way, but they're just they're not much more than just kind of you know a little a little ding here and there, and you kind of still come yeah. out fine. So it's you know you, you got to take the right approach. But I I think that yeah. like our our little hot tips that we have here, they're they're entirely about who we who we are as people. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about going independent is it kind of forces you to realize who you are, how you like to work, how you like to do things a yeah. lot more than I think a regular job job does. Pushes you to figure those things out because you're in charge. Yeah. You can make those shots. Yeah. You need to kind of have some self kind of reflection of yeah, like who you are and what, how you work and yeah. do what you do because otherwise you just can't like you're not going to be able to make it because you you and you kind of learn you do learn you kind of forced to but you also have to kind of also force yourself to learn and kind of look at failures and look at things that happen along the way look at successes and say okay why did this happen how did like how yeah. did I like and kind of try and figure it out as you go which is just like independence is not like a thing of okay, well, I made it, I'm here, I'm independent, I work for myself. Woo! No, because like then you got to stay there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's a it's like part. a it's a it's a continual learning thing, and it's just yeah. like you continue to try and figure it out and try and like balance the everything that's going on. And so it's, there are times I wish I had a nine to five job. I'm like I can clock in and clock out and call it a day. Yeah, <laughs> but this is so much and more there are fun. Certainly things that are nice about it. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I think that uh, we're running a little long here, so that's it for this episode. But if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that. Uh, you can reach out to us at hello at independence.fm. And if you'd like the show notes, you can find those at independence.fm. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find me individually on Twitter as parrots. That's the plural of the bird. I'm eat a duck I must. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. Apparently, the one of the three that is not in some way bird themed. I'm not a bird. I just realized that. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Two I'm or a, three. I'm a weird. No, food. well, see, <laughs> Jelly and I, we're like, we have something to do with food because then we're eat and soup, you know. Oh, okay. Mm. So, so then, now and you're then the and parents, we got this. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I like the little triangle thing yeah. we got going here. So thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. See ya.